This meeting is being recorded. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I am your host, your coach, Karina Calhoun. Welcome to Go Be Great with Coach Karina. I have on the show today yet another amazing guest. I know you all are simply tired, sick and tired of me saying that, but we only bring you the gems, the jewels, the amazingness that's out here in this world. So Lane, how are you today? Yeah, thanks for having me. Aloha, everybody. Awesome. So, Lane, tell us where in the world are you right now? I am calling from Honolulu, Hawaii. Awesome. I have never been to Hawaii. That is on my list to go. So I will live through you at the moment. <laughs> awesome. I love it. So, Lane, tell us what you have been doing these days. How are you serving the world around you? Yeah, I mean, today we um, buy apartment complexes. There's just the one behind me. Uh, we own over 8,000 of these properties. And, um, you know, what we do is we clean them up, we fix them up, we kick out some of the deadbeats and make it a better community for everybody, all while we, um, you know, create better returns for our passive investors. But um, and it didn't always start off like that, um, you know, Personally, I started investing back in 2009, and that was how I was able to leave my day job as an engineer that I didn't like. So at simplepassivecashflow.com and through our podcast, I try and educate people on you know, at least trying to correct a lot of the bad financial advice that's out there that you know we're all taught to go to school, study hard, do this 401k, 529 stuff that is quite frankly not what the wealthy do. You know, when I saw your profile come through and be approved, I thought, man, had I talked to you many years ago, whew, what state would I be in at this moment? What, you know, financial state? And so I thought about that and I said, because you didn't know this, but I had been in the mortgage business for 20 some years, over 20 years. I was a residential loan processor, underwriter. I did all of that stuff. And so this is something that always piques my interest. And I am really big on making sure folks are financially educated. So I'm going to be, I hate to use this term, but picking your brain today, Lane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is like, there's so much bad financial advice out there, but you know, a lot of it is predicated to those who aren't the best with their money. You know, either they spend more than they make or they don't make, you know, enough income, you know, they make less than 50 to a hundred thousand dollars or less a year. Um, they, you know, a lot of them should follow the advice of Stu Susie Orman, Dave Ramsey, those types of people. But you know, for a lot of my clients, you know, who have high paid day jobs and, you know, really good savers, you know, there's a different operating system that you, people should kind of be aware of. Absolutely. So Lane, let's dive right in. What, what do you want to share with us today? Because I just have a sense that you are a wealth of knowledge and this is probably not going to be the last conversation that you and I have here on the show. Yeah, so let's let's kind of start off with kind of at the top, right? Like what kind of properties do we look to buy? Well, we want to go into properties that cash flow. We don't buy things hoping that it's going to buy low so high. I mean, if it does, great. And it typically happens in our favor because we try to buy right. But what we want to do is buy properties where we cash flow on a monthly basis just in case 
in another 2008 happens or any kind of recession. Um, I don't care if a recession comes. At the end of the day, I focus on workforce housing where people pay their rents and there's a great d demand for that type of housing. So how do we do that? We go into properties where there's a rent-to-value ratio of 1% or greater. So how do you find this rent-to-value ratio? Well, you take the monthly uh, rents divided by the purchase price, and we're looking for something to beat that ratio. I love it. So, Lane, for those that have no knowledge of any of this, that really want to get their feet wet, maybe they're not quite ready to jump in full force, but really want to get, you know, just the basics of it. Walk us through that process. Someone that's working their day job, you know, they make a good amount of money, but like you said, they have already invested in 401k and they're just, you know, really ready to begin to set themselves up for their positive future. Yeah, I mean, I would say first off, don't do the 401k stuff, but I get it. It took me a while to get off that train because, you know, we're all programmed to think that that's what you're supposed to be doing. And if not, that's an absolute sin, right? Like you're being bad or something like that. But, you know, like what I would tell people is, you know, check out my podcast, you know, download my free property analyzer and see how much money you're going to be making from these properties, from the the fact that they're tenants paying down your mortgage for you, the property appreciation, the cash flow, and then the tax benefits. Um, you know, you're making a lot more than you are in that retail investments uh, garbage in the 401k system. Um, yeah, and, and that's that's what it ultimately comes down to. You know, very early on, I think this back in 2010, I had this epiphany. I'm like, I'm making like 20, 30% returns per year of my money. And it just being a passive investor, investing in the little rental properties, why would I want to put my money in this supposedly 8 to 10% 401k Roth IRA stuff? Yeah. Um, but I would say, you know, the first thing is get educated, you know, play around with some of the numbers, download my, I think the, on my website, it's like simplepassivecashflow.com slash analyzer. People can download the free analyzer um, to kind of just start looking at properties. And at some point, you know, it it's kind of a, just buy one. You got to put down a down payment, um, 20, 30% down, you know, so on a hundred thousand dollar property, that's 20 grand down that you're going to need to save up. And, um, that's just how you get started. This is not a get rich quick system. This is a get rich surely. And, you know, even in the face of a recession, um, you kind of power on through. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely something where you have to have the mindset of, playing the long game. And I think a lot of times people are not really aware of that. They think, well, if I invest this, then, you know, within a couple of months, I should be golden. I should be really, you know, I should be set. But that's not really the case because there's, you know, just outside of that $20,000 investment, there may be other investments that you have to put in. There's time, there's, you know, just all types of things. So let me ask you this. I know a lot of times people I've, you know, heard so many different people talk about the real estate market and investing and things of that nature. And that's been really, really hot for a while now. So what about those folks that may not even be a homeowner right now? Would you advise them to purchase property that's investment property? 
Well, it depends who they are, right? Like I would say if there are 95% of the people out there who aren't the greatest with their money and they need a forced piggy bank, right? A forced piggy bank is essentially their house where they are forced to pay their mortgage. If not, they get foreclosed on and kicked out on the streets. Most people in this world need that type of stuff. But if you're somebody out there who's good with your money and save, you know, $10,000, $20,000 plus per year, you don't follow the financial advice from most people. And what if you're like one of these subset of people in this paradigm, I would say don't buy a house to live in. Instead, invest it in rental properties where other people pay down your mortgages for you. And sure, it's going to be a game of a little bit of delayed gratification, but in the long run, your net worth will grow a lot faster than just simply having your money locked up in your house. You know, don't believe in the whole thing of, oh, paying rent is throwing money down the tube. Yes, if you look at it myopically like that, but the big picture is your money is going down the tube for that one property, but you may have another rental or several rentals, ideally, in the next several years. And that is bringing more money overall when you combine everything at the end of the day, thus your net worth is growing quicker. And, you know, what comes to mind when you say, you know, when you talk about the folks that may not have the issue of a forced piggy bank, piggy bank but those that have the option of not living in a home that they own, but then purchasing rental property, what comes to my mind is, the nomads, you know, there is a group of people in the world now who travel all over the world. I mean, I have friends right now who have not been back to the States probably in two years. Uh, they have traveled, traveled literally all over the world. And one conversation I remember having with one was purchase some properties, have them being paid while you're traveling. You don't have to live in them. So what do you is there something that you know you would say to them in that regard yeah i mean that's exactly what i did from like 2010 to 2015 i worked a day job where we were on a construction crew and i traveled around and didn't live anywhere for like several years and i didn't pay rent or mortgage and I had my rental properties and all my money went to buying more and more of those things. And that's what really set me up. It was those years where I was able to plow away eighty dollars to $100,000, you know, net after expenses into more rental properties. And that's what kind of put me on this trajectory to ultimately have 11 rentals in 2015 and kind of the thousands today. Oh. Um, it It's a little bit of delayed gratification. That's probably what... what not a lot of people want to hear that this is not a get rich quick type of thing. But if you're somebody who doesn't isn't attached to a geographic area and is a bit of a nomad, that's an awesome situation to be in. Just don't screw it up and just kind of wake up in your mid thirties and be like, all right, now I'm want to settle down and have a house, but I just blew all that money. And that's just a perfect example why, you know, buying a house to live in, even though I don't think that's the greatest of ideas is good for that subset of people, right? People need a forced piggy bank. I mean, it happens to me. If I have money, I try and put it into the next investment as soon as possible. If not, I'll just kind of blow the money. And I consider myself pretty good with my spending, but it's just human nature. So you got to find places to put the money before you go and blow it on something stupid. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Good stuff. Good stuff. So what is it that you really wanted to relay to the folks today, just coming on the show? What was on your heart that you wanted to get across? I mean, it sounds like this is something that you have been in for quite some time. And this is something that you are absolutely passionate about. I took a look at your website And there was a statement that you had on there. You said, you know, my website might seem like it's all over the place, but that's okay. And I agree because it was so much good information there. And it's one of those things where it's not overwhelming. It just keeps you coming back looking for more. So what is it that you want to say to the folks today? Yeah, I I think like, I mean, just in my journey, you know, I, I was a good saver. I bought some rental properties and then I, by chance, kind of, you know, built my network and kind of found other high net worth, very wealthy people. And I started to understand and dissect what they were doing. And what I started to realize is that the wealthy do things very differently, differently than what our parents taught us or what our coworkers or peers are doing. You know, they don't do the normal retail type of investment garbage that's in the 401k, mutual funds, stuff like that. They invest in real hard assets that are backed by cash flow. So that in cases of recession, you know, they'll be fine. And, you know, what this real estate allows them to do is get a lot of passive losses and depreciation, paper losses. And this is how they pay little to no taxes. And then they do another strategy called infinite banking with whole life insurance. If you Google whole life insurance, people will say it's a scam, but there's different ways to configure it where it is a scam and where the way the wealthy do it. So a lot of these things are very in plain sight. However, it's very counterintuitive that we're all taught. And that's kind of my whole thing. Like I've kind of figured out what are the things that the wealthy do. And I kind of highlight it on my website and podcast. Um, but it's it's kind of one of those things. It's definitely like the red pill of finance. You know, unless you do it kind of the right way, you're doing it all wrong. And, at, you know, I think that's where people fall back on the default. Invest in your 401k, you know, save 10% of your wealth and, you know, just put it into that stuff finally. And then, yeah, you'll work till you're 50, 60 years old and have a decent retirement if you're a good saver. But, you know, most people, you know, investing in good hard assets, playing, you know, implementing these tax strategies and doing a little bit of infinite banking can typically get the financial freedom in under a decade. Yeah. So one of the questions that, um, just thinking about the conversations that I've had with friends that are nomads, uh, one of the things that they, I guess you could say, um, the pushback was, well, Karina, you know, I don't really have the the availability, you know, purchasing an investment property to really manage it. And so I know that would be one of the concerns, especially early on with someone who's probably never, number one, owned a property, but then second, invest investment property. So what do you say to, to that comment? Yeah, you don't want to be running your own property. What are you, a landlord or something? You know, we hire professional property management to run our properties. But you know, what's what's funny is like, the higher your net worth goes, if you become an accredited investor or, you know, you make over a few hundred thousand dollars a year or your net worth gets to be half a million, million dollars. To me, there it kind of makes sense to more go into these large syndications and private placements where not only is there a property manager running your property, but you have an asset management team managing the manager for you. 
and it just becomes a lot easier. Um, and that's kind of what I help a lot of people do is kind of, you got to get started somehow, right? You got to get your net worth over a hundred grand, half a million dollars, a million dollars net worth. But like, what's tricky is in the beginning, it's the hardest. Like when I started, I was broke. I didn't have that much money. So I bought rental properties and it just took about, you know, maybe five, six years to get my net worth up to a point where I could go and transition into syndications and private placements. Uh It's kind of like, you know, some players like Kevin Garnett, uh, Kobe Bryant, they go straight to the NBA. Most of the other jokers out there, they have to go to college, right? And in a way, that's just like, you know, some people out there with their finances, like most people don't make you know, $150,000, $200,000 plus a year, or they don't have a net worth of a quarter million, half a million yet. Well, that's the case. Button down on your finances and, you know, save more money and just put little down payments, little rental properties. But over time, your financial profile will arise to a point where it probably makes more sense to go more just scalable syndications and private placements where, again, like the management headache gets even easier for you at that point. So do you think this is something that with most likely with some some type of coaching, consulting, helping, guiding from someone like yourself, that folks who are, I would say, maybe in the $50,000, $60,000 range of annual income, is this something that they could begin to do? Uh, you know, I think as long as it doesn't really matter what you make, it's matter what you save at the end of the day, if you can save 10 to 20 grand a year, I mean, we've got something cooking there, you know, there's something going on that you can probably build upon, right? Because think about it, you could probably save up a year or two to buy a next rental property, $20,000 down payment on a $100,000 house. And you just let that run on repeat for several years. You buy more and more rentals and that the rentals help your cash flow go up over time. So at that point, you have traction, right? But I would say you would still need to kind of buy some rentals if that was your case. Um, and as far as like coaching or consulting goes, I mean, I think that was my big problem with this whole real estate industry. There's so many fake gurus out there teaching people how to do this stuff and charging them 20 grand, 30 grand. 50 grand for some nonsense. I mean, I just put it all on the website and podcast for free. It's all out there. You just go out and get it, especially if you're, you don't have that much money, but you have time on your side, right? Where we help out, you know, higher net worth accredited investors, we kind of just plug in right away. Um, But like, if you don't have that much money, but you have time, you know, there's a way to get you out of it that you don't really have to spend money to learn. You should put your money to actually investing, right? Yeah. You know, and so I want to say this to those that are listening. You know, Lane has spoken some absolute truths and nuggets here. Um, So for those that are working your corporate job and you've got that 401k, go and look into your 401k. If you've been at your company at that job for any length of time, you probably have a substantial amount of money in that 401k that you can use towards purchasing a home. So there are no excuses. You know how we we do here. We knock all of the excuses off the table. So what Lane is saying to you is it can be done if you really want to do it. So let's just go ahead and knock the excuses out. Lane, how can, I know you've got your podcast 
scrolling across the top, your the name of it and everything, but give us all of your contact information because I think you're going to be vital to what people need to hear right now. Yeah, I mean, I would say if like you're not good with your money and you can't seem to spend more than they make, I think I got that right. But um, and your net worth isn't a hundred grand, you know, don't contact me. This is not the podcast for you, right? You need to go and read Dave Ramsey and learn how to get your money in order, right? But if you guys are working professionals out there, you know, have are good savers, you know, check out simplepassivecashflow.com. Um, we have the podcast and iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, et cetera. And, um, you know, start to learn how the wealthy do things because it's, it's a different operating system once you get past a certain point. Absolutely. Well, Lane, thank you so very much for stopping by the show today. This, again, has been extremely powerful, a vital conversation that needs to be had in all of the communities across this country because people need to know this. Like you said, there is a strategy that the wealthy use that's done in plain sight that we just don't know about simply because we don't know what we're looking at. And I have believed that for so many years. Uh, so thank you so much for stopping by the show. Any last words of wisdom for any, for everyone? Um, yeah, I mean, if there's anything out there, like be careful of like all the crypto Bitcoin stuff. I mean, a lot of that is like, it's not backed by anything real. Like the reason why I pick real estate, it's a real hard asset and it cash flows. It, it, it's a commodity that people need and they need more of. And then the tax benefits, right? You have to make a lot more money in crypto to actually keep it keep the money at the end of the day because you're going to get taxed on or the nice thing about real estate is a lot of it you can defer the taxes on it and not pay it um so but hey you know you can do what you guys want to do and i guess crypto is seen as something that's like you know something that's uh exponential growth but there, there's a reason why it's exponential growth right you know, like the risk reward profile to me isn't really appealing where you know if you have a positive influx of you know, money coming in and you're a good saver. It's just a matter of time. And that's why you put it into real estate because it's more of a conservative investment, yeah. more reliable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even with um, talks of, of a recession coming, you're still going to come out better with that, that real yeah. estate. And, and, and that's like, that's what I think separates us from most like so-called real estate investors. Like we, we invest off cash flow. The people who got killed in 2008, 2009 were the people gambling on appreciation. I call these oh the buy, hope, and pray people. Where we go in, we we know we're going to cash flow from the start, and we're also rehabbing the units to enforce appreciation too. Yeah, good stuff. Really, really good stuff. I could talk with you for a while. <laughs> So thank you again, Lane, for coming to the show. I truly appreciate it. And folks, please go and go to simplepassivecashflow.com. Connect with this information. Get you a pen, get you a pad, a notepad, a journal. Get you something and start taking notes to begin to change your life, change your future. Because this is, this is it. This is it. Thank you, Lane. I appreciate you coming by the show and you have a great rest of your day. See you all on the flip side.